Good morning, everyone. Um, we're continuing through this series of 3D Exodus that Paul kicked us off a few weeks ago with. And he was introducing the Exodus journey, and he was reflecting on where we're finding ourselves at the moment. He talked of God's leading, of God making the way possible, and the journey rather than just the destination. The colour of cloud and the pillar of fire leading the way. The crossing of the Red Sea, and then the thread of deliverance that was running through the whole story. Chantel then looked at the song of Moses and Mary in one of the Exodus chapter 15 and the importance of worship, the importance of abiding in him and seeking God. So we're nearly up to the end of chapter 15. We're going to head through chapter 16 and starting of chapter 17 in the book of Exodus. So Paul mentioned this thread of deliverance that was running through the Exodus story and another strong thread is that of provision. If, you give a quick, if I give you a quick overview of what God's provided so far, is God's provided a leader in Moses, provided escape from Egypt, provided deliverance of the Red Sea, he's provided in the wilderness, he provides water, he provides manna, he provides quails, he provides tests, he provides instruction, he provides rest, he provides more water, he provides himself, he provides a journey, not just a destination, and he provides signposts to freedom and the ultimate deliverance of Jesus. And these few chapters, Give us loads to think about in terms of God's provision. So let's th pick things up um, at the end of chapter 15. And we're going to read a little bit from verse 22 to verse 25. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they travelled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why they called the place Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. So this is just after the miracle and the deliverance of the Red Sea, and after the spontaneous worship that sprang up after that among the children of Israel. Just three days after that, the people started to grumble. And you're thinking, Is that all it takes? But in fairness, Three days without water is about as much as they could take. So I was on a bushcraft course in Cyprus. I know, lovely life. It doesn't happen all the time. And I was there just before lockdown. And we were learning there about the rule of threes. That the body can survive for three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. The Israelites were at their limit. And the thought that struck lucky found in water. But God's provision here isn't about letting them think that they've made it by chance or they've touched lucky. His provision through this is about him meeting their needs. When Moses cried out to God because the people grumbled against him, God met their need. He met their physical need for water, but more importantly, he was showing them their need for him. What's going on in your life at the minute that you should stop grumbling about and you should start talking to God about? What's going on that doesn't just need fixed, but needs him? If we reread verse 25, I'm ahead on to the end of the chapter in chapter 15. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you the disease I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, 
where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. I love the extravagance of God's provision here, but that's not what I want to pick up on today. What I want to pick up on is at the end of verse 25, where it said, there the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. Now, when I think of it being tested, I think of exams, very poignant at the moment with lots going on with that, driving tests, medical tests, the idea of being measured against the standard, seeing if you pass or fail. And you might think here from reading this that the Israelites were being marked, graded, assessed. But when you look at the Hebrew word nakah that's used here, it carries more of a sense of exercise, of training to it, than just simply testing. God is training his people through his provision. He's showing them that he is for them. He can be relied upon to come through for them with what is needed. But he is more than just the stuff. He wants to be in relationship. God isn't about trying to catch them out here. He isn't about trying to catch us out now. He is looking out for us. He is providing for us. And he wants that deeper and deeper relationship with us. How different is that to the gods around Israel at the time? How different is it to some of the people the way they view God now? And he wants to capture our hearts, not just catch us out by breaking, when we break the rules. He wants to train us, not to fail us. Maybe that reminds us a little bit and frees us up to give something a go. To step out rather than stepping back because we're afraid of getting it wrong. What do you think God has for you if you didn't have the fear of failing? Or the fear of not measuring up to what he thinks? Is there something to think about there for you? Okay, moving on to chapter 16. And we won't read through the whole chapter here, but I encourage you to go and look at it yourself. We're going to take a few verses to get the story. And I don't normally do this, my Old Testament lecture would be going through me for a shortcut. And this is not the way to read the Bible by picking verses out. But this is to give you an idea of what's going on. So please go and reread it for yourself and make sure I'm being accurate. But this will just give us some signposts of what's going on. So this is where the children of Israel have left Elam and they're heading to Sinai. So that place where the water and provision was heading to where Moses then was given the Ten Commandments. And they're grumbling again. Now, I'm not a fan of grumblers, but that's a whole side point I'm not going to get into today. But looking at verse 3 here of chapter 16, it says, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now I'm pretty sure that he's in Egypt wasn't quite like what they were describing where there were slaves sitting around pots of meat they're romanticizing the way things used to be they're looking back with road tinted glasses about what was how often do we do this no i'm guilty how many times have you heard recently i wish we just get back to the way it was the way it used to be have a we think have an honest think about the way it used to be Is that what you want to go back to? Is that what you want to rush back into the way it used to be? Or, even though things are tough, can this be a time when we are using it wisely and to help us create a way that you would like it to be? Because we're not going back to the way things used to be for a while. 
maybe longer? Is this a chance to look forward and to see what we could create? To see what God has for us as the changes has taken place in our society today? So looking at chapter 16, we're going to read verse 4 and then we're going to jump to verse 11, 12, 13 and 14. So verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down the bread of heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Jump into verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumblings of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? But they did not know what it was. Here God is providing for them again. Morning and night he's providing. Like the pillar of cloud in the morning and fire at night, his provision is constant. His call to relationship, this training to rely on him is constant. Jesus points back to this event as well. When he calls himself the true bread of heaven, the bread of God, the bread of life, the living bread that came down from heaven. And this manna lasts all the way through until they get to Canaan. But in verse 19 and in verse 20 we read this. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses and they kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Remember that God isn't just providing food here. He is training them, training us. And we can't hoard up God's provision. It doesn't work. Because you know what hoarding is for the Israelites? You know what it is for us? It's us trying to control things. It's them trying to control the situation. It's taking the reliance of God out of the equation. And, the and they want to be self-sufficient. This isn't just the physical stuff. It's the spiritual stuff as well. Now, I'm not saying don't be wise with your stuff. But what I am saying is, I think there's marriage in taking time to go to God. And ask the question, what would you have me give away today? Is it time? Is it money? Is it food? Is it company? Is it advice? Is it possessions? Is it encouragement? You fill in the blanks. You can't hoard it. And there is enough provision for today and there will be more for tomorrow. Okay, so this is my last thing that we'll look at. And we'll be reading from 23 to 28 here of chapter 16. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will, find, you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days are you to gather it, but on the seventh day, um, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but found there was none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? 
This is the first time that Sabbath or Shabbat has been mentioned in the Bible. Even though the principle was set down in creation when God rested on the seventh day, this is the first time the word Shabbat or rest has been used. Remember, they haven't reached Sinai yet, where God gives them the Ten Commandments through the Ten Signposts of Freedom, but he's training them here as he'll continue to train them there. And here he's providing rest and will continue to provide that training on rest. During the start of lockdown, I was hearing two different stories. I was hearing stories from those who were furloughed or who work had significantly slowed that they felt a bit guilty. But on one hand, they really needed the break or the rest and the others were still working. And for those who were still working, they were being hammered because of the work, all the work still needed to be done. And some of them had less people to do the work. They were learning how to do new things and things were tough. Whatever camp you're in or anywhere in between these two stories, um, you need to take some time to look for guilt-free rest. For those of you who are working harder than ever, you need to seek out rest. You can't keep going and going. You need to recharge. Consciously set a time aside to be refreshed physically and spiritually. You'll probably find that you're more productive taking a guilt-free break than you are just trundling along and grinding it out. God provided for the Israelites and trained them in it. Take note. Take a break. For others whose break has been imposed, don't just get busy doing something. It's not easy for some and the prolonged rest that's been imposed. And you know what? You'll get a little bit uncomfortable because most of the wee jobs are done. And now the job of working on you has raised its head. Don't run from that. Or fill it full of being busy. Lean into it. He is training you in that time. He's providing what you need. And he's providing himself. Grasp it. Don't avoid it by being busy. Loads the and to learn here about God's provision in this part of the Exodus. It takes us on then to chapter 17 when there's water for the rock where God is again providing more and more for the Israelites. But I want to finish there and I want to pray. Let's pray. Thank you for your provision, Lord. Thank you for training us rather than trying to catch us out. Thank you for providing yourself. Help us to see what we should ask for, what we should give away, and where and when we should rest. Amen.